This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Welcome to Dropping In, a podcast of storytelling and interviews with your host, Winter Olympian Mercedes Nickel. Thank you so much for joining us on Series 8. Now, Series 7, we talked to Team Canada's Paralympians. And in this series, I will be dropping in with Soldier On athletes. If you don't know what Soldier On is, let me explain. It's a program of the Canadian Armed Forces, which contributes to the recovery of ill and injured Canadian Armed Force members and veterans by providing opportunities and resources through sport, recreational, and creative activities. I can't wait to drop in with these soldiers as they share their stories with us. This is episode 71. Let me introduce the guest that we will be dropping in with today. This guest joined the military, the Royal Canadian Navy, in 1999, serving on different units. In 2002, she was deployed with HMCS Winnipeg to serve in Operation Apollo, a code name for the Operation conducted by Canadian forces in support of the United States, Operation Enduring Freedom, and military operations in Afghanistan. She released from the military in 2007. In 2008, she began to display symptoms of PTSD and anxiety, which subsequently manifest into depression and withdrawal. Not fully comprehending what she was going through, it was prompting from friends and family that she contacted Veterans Affairs for help and has been under their treatment ever since. Proud to say that she has recovered mostly from PTSD and has her mental well-being, mental health, is mostly under control. In fact, she says she is stronger than she has been in many, many years. She is passionate about the outdoors, is a fan of multi-day backpacking and paddling, so much so that every year she hikes the West Coast Trail solo. That's 75 kilometers of a hike by herself. She also plans to hike the 3,525-kilometer Appalachian Trail, also solo, in 2014. This mother, part partner, backpacker, paddler, has recovered from PTSD and has set some amazing goals. Let me introduce Rainbow Lion. Hello, how are you? Hi, Mercedes. Thank you for having me. That's um, quite the list of things that you have done and are continuing to do, which is so amazing. How are you today? Thank you. Thank you. Great. I almost I, me. I was like, wow, she sounds interesting. <laughs> I know. I always love it when um, the guests can hear their bio because I was saying earlier in another episode that I never knew or like really reflected on the accolades that I did. So it's, it is cool. And you did it all. <laughs> when you hear it come out of somebody else's mouth, it sounds so much more impressive. It's awesome. I'm really proud of you. This is, Okay. Are you ready to drop in? We have 10 rapid fire questions that you've never seen before. Never seen. Let's do it. Okay. Number one, where in the world are you today? Well, I'm on Vancouver Island right now in probably one of the most gorgeous places. I mean, I've traveled the world. I was in the Navy. 
Um, but nothing much beats Mill Bay. Mill Bay, BC, Mill about 20 minutes outside of Victoria, the capital. Right now, looking at the ocean outside my window, um, oh my the gosh. ocean of Mill Bay. I can see the Victoria Airport. I'm just in paradise. Yes, and it's a beautiful day. Where are right? you right now, Mercedes? Where are I'm, you? I'm in Whistler, British Columbia, Canada. That's home for me right oh, okay. now. But Sorry. I will be flying to Mexico this evening, which is very exciting. I'm chasing the sun. It's fall. I need to chase that sunshine. (laughs) Yeah, I hear you. Okay, number two, what drew you to enroll in the military? Oh, good question. Thank you for that one. Um, Well, yeah, thanks for that. That that is a great question because I haven't reflected on this in a long time, but I've always said there is different personality types that join the military. The people that had a call to serve, like they just, for whatever reason, something inside of them told them they had to serve their country. Two, there's the people that really never kind of fit in, you know, in school and um, maybe they just couldn't find their military as a really good place to go to be able to like, basically you're a guaranteed acceptance. Um, and number three, people are just looking for a really good job because the military is a very stable, good job in Canada. It's got a pension, all that. So I would say I fell into the category really of, which was, I mean, very strange in my family. I was born and raised um, on Vancouver Island in an extremely liberal hippie family. I mean, my name is Rainbow Lion. So um, it came to a big shock. My family and friends, but uh, looking back, I didn't really ever know what it was, but I think I've wanted to serve my country from the time I was a little girl and I just didn't know what that meant. And then I started working with uh, ALS patients. Actually, that's where it came from. And, you know, I would meet these veterans and most of the people veterans and sometimes I would sit for hours after work and listen to their stories. And I just thought, I want that. Like, I, 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 I want to do what they did. They were so brave. And I think I can do that. And I want that. Like, I want to be that brave. I want to serve. So it was one day, one of my patients, oh, you're crazy. What are you talking about? I said, my mom would die first off. She would probably protest at my inauguration, which she did. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> but yes, he just said, just do it. And that's what I did. I walked into the recruiting office that very day and I signed my name and I was in boot camp in weeks. How old were you? This is not part of the rapid fire, but how old were you when you enrolled? Uh, in my early 20s. In a early. little bit later than a lot of people did. I, I became a very young mom. I was pregnant at 16 and I was raising my son. So the option really wasn't there for me to raise him to a level where it was okay to leave him. Because okay. in the military, you do leave a lot. And I did know that. I lived in a military town. So I, I got to know a lot of people in the Navy, which was really what pushed me towards the Navy, vice the Army. And uh, yeah, it just, it was was like the rest of my world started that day. The rest of my life started that day that I signed my name. So cool. Um, Okay. Number three, how many different locations were you stationed? Now I understand you were on the, in the Navy. So you were probably on a boat most of the time. How many different boats were you on then? Oh, well, see in the Navy. um, I mean, I don't know how it works. (laughs) Yeah. Well, the Navy, the Army, the military in general. I'm sorry, I've got my dog um, wet. Oh, that's perfect. <laughs> <He's> <laughs> that's love needy. right there. Uh, and that's so great. He's calming me down. Um, I, well, in the military in general, you have a base that you're based at. In the, milita- in the Navy, there's two options. Is basically for a Navy base is Esquimalt and Halifax. Esquimalt, because I am from 
I'm born and raised here on the island and my family's here. So they did post me here. Yeah. And once you're stationed here, then you get sent to a unit within that base. And um, I spent most of my career on going back and forth between the HMCS Coover. Um, but I did spend time on two or three other ships, the Ottawa. So then I did do one shore posting at um, Rock Pacific. Okay, is what is HMCS? Kind of like headquarters. Her Majesty's Canadian ship. All the his. Oh. <laughs> It'll still say the same HMCS. But at that time, it was Her Majesty's Canadian ship. Oh, I don't know if they've okay. changed that yet. That's so interesting. There's so many acronyms yeah. in, the, in the military. I'm like, oh, gosh, what does oh, all this mean? That's, yeah, that's no, awesome. Okay. We get together, and it's basically you're just speaking an alphabet. <laughs> and everybody around us is like, what the heck? I love it. It's a language it. in its own. It really is. It, and okay. with any subculture, you have a language. Yeah. I'm sure it's the same with you. Like with what you do with your sport, for there sure. must be snowboarding. And even oh, yeah, people think we're like – uh, yeah, we have a different language for sure. And, and, and it's funny in speaking engagements, I always like have to change it so that people will understand what I'm talking about and be really more, a lot more descriptive, which is super interesting. Wow. Um, okay. Number four, if you were into sports before, um, or during serving in the military, what were they? You know, my biggest team sport was probably just being a set. We had so many siblings growing up and we didn't have a lot of money. So there wasn't a lot of um, extras like sports and, you know, team sports and that. Let, let's face it, we live in Canada and it's expensive to play yeah. teams, uh, Canadian sports. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so we I did sports growing up. I was more um, individual. Um, okay. And I always thought that I wasn't athletic. That was my biggest thing was I was, <laughs> I just didn't feel like I was an athletic person. So I didn't do a lot of sports. Once I joined the military, I mean, the military in general, just like a team sport, it's, you have the same kind of dynamics going on. Everybody's filling in for people's deficiencies and all together as a unit, you're like this amazing well-oiled machine because you've been together for so long and you're filling in, you know, where other people need you. It's really the only, I guess, team sport or sport that I was really involved in while I was in the military. But I guess that doesn't really count. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's, a little bit. no, I think it's intriguing. I, I, it's, it's such a good, I, it's so cool to get an inside view of what it's like to be in the military because I honestly don't know anything about it. So I appreciate that for sure. Um, well, I, I did actually, I played professional eight and nine ball before I oh, no way. the military. I was a pool oh, player. Oh, sick. Yeah. That's yeah, right. That was just a misspent youth. It was... <laughs> And now you're super into paddling and going on extremely long hikes, but we're going to get into that later. Yeah. <laughs> okay, number five. What was the first sport you were introduced to in the Soldier On program? Paddling. Oh, really? Yeah, paddling. And in fact, I just completed my very first, um, I guess, big adventure with Soldier On. They, um, they have lots. I mean, I'm sure – or you probably already have heard all about it if you've spoken to some of the representatives from Soldier On. But, I mean, we are talking anything from skeet shooting and rock climbing all the way up to fencing and, um, I mean, you name it, uh, snowboarding, yeah. skiing. Yeah. They, they tour in Whistler. They've 
done base camp Everest. They've done all these amazing things. And there is these big expeditions, but there's also these little things like there's a rock a climbing and a scuba diving one that I'm going to participate in come out, hopefully, if I get chosen. If anyone yeah. from Soldier On is listening. Um, <laughs> the first event that I attended was uh, we did a 200 or we, we, we uh, paddled the Rideau Canal from Kingston oh. to Ottawa. And that was my first event. That's not a short trip. No, 200, was it 205 <laughs> kilometers or something? And I had never paddled in my life. So Okay, um, is this canoeing I mean, I, or is this kayaking? This is canoeing. Oh. Yeah. Are you, are you in and your own canoe really or are you with people? We, we were, um, we were in a two in a boat. Okay. And we got partnered up at the beginning. We got partnered with people we'd never met before. And yeah. um, those people, we spent the entire, I, I believe it took us nine days to um, paddle the entire nine days. I mean, from the time you wake up in the morning until the time you get in at night, you're with that same person. And so we got to know a lot about each other. Yeah. And I had the most wonderful partner. I have to give a shout out to Charlie. Sweet hey, Charlie. Charlie. Such a great man <laughs> in the military. And um, yeah, and both of us had um, non-visible injuries. So it was a really nice nine days, I have to say. Wow. I mean, I'm just taking a moment trying to picture that and be like, fun, also grueling, and like oh. probably huge breakthroughs. Shout out to paddlers, I have to say. I mean, it, it didn't occur to me until about a kilometer in that, wow, you know, it, it, imagine walking or running for 200 kilometers. Now imagine pulling yeah. yourself with your arms. Yeah. Really pulling yourself with your arms. How were your hands? Like, I know um, a lot of the rowers get like these crazy like calluses and bloody everything. Were you okay? Yeah, I have to say that was my favorite part. I know that's weird, but you're I, you're an athlete. I'm sure you understand when I say the hardest parts are the best parts. Yeah, yeah. Sure, like the, sure. the you mornings make it we it's got like up and it was cold and windy and hard and hardship. Like we bonded so much through hardship. Yes. So much. Oh, and that's to amazing. this day, all of us I mean, are in contact. We all support each other. We speak regularly. So it was uh, it was an amazing experience for sure. Awesome. I love it. That's such, that's such a great story. Um, number six, what would you say is the biggest risk you've taken in your life so far? Other than becoming a parent. Uh, you I can say that. Say a lot of people do say that. <laughs> well, it wasn't much of a risk for me, I guess. Um, cause it was something that I started so young. I made, um, joining the military. That's a yeah. huge risk because <laughs> you look, you know, you walk in and you sign your, it's, there's nothing else in the world like that. You s literally sign a name and you are now a, a like you are a possession of the crown. Your mind, everything belongs to wow. a job or in a career and much more than a lifestyle, you know? So rad. Okay. Number, I'm, I'm just in awe of everything. <laughs> That's why I'm taking moments. I'm like, it's, it <laughs> is really, really cool. Oh my God, I'm speaking <laughs> of babies. <laughs> I love it. Okay. This is a lighter question. Number seven. What puts a smile on your face? I'm a smiley person. A lot a puts a smile on my face. Yeah. I would say my dogs. Uh -huh. My children, yeah. Well, 
my daughter's a teenager right now, so it's not always smiles. Sometimes it's there's a, a lot time. of tears. Um, <laughs> why are they so mean? Um, my dogs, my partner, Carlos. Um, honestly, these days, it's the quieter moments, you know, where you're watching your family have dinner or where you're um, sitting next to your teenager who's actually talking to you, the little things, yeah. the quieter things inside the house. I mean, you have to imagine being in the military, traveling the world, going to war zone, all those kind of things yeah. is so extreme. You're living in yeah. extremes. And then you exit the military and you're back in the real world. You're in this world that you just don't read for so long. Your, your mind thinks differently. You act differently. You smell differently. Yeah. Every, everything is different now. And so it takes a while to be able to enjoy those quiet times, those yeah, non-intense um, crazy times. Yeah. For sure. No, that's respectable. Um, number eight, I know you're a very busy person. You paddle and hike and have family and dogs, but do you have time to watch TV shows? And if you do, what was the last show that you binge watched or the last book that you read? I'm a huge um, physics and science nerd. So really, I did not see that coming. Ah, uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> I know awesome. at, a, at a kid's birthday party talking about um, Bamford's Law and, you know, revert to the mean, all these things that these, like, scientific, uh, th yeah, it's it's pretty much, phrase that. Awesome? Yeah. It's awesome. I, I can... <laughs> <laughs> Again, Sorry. something I don't, I'm not into. So I, I, I'm here yeah. to learn from you and learn what you're into. And like, so are you reading physics books? I, I'm not much of a reader. I don't have a lot of time to read it. And to be quite honest, yeah. I don't sleep very well. You know, with PTSD, I've, I've created some terrible habits around sleeping. So if I try to read yeah. a book, literally, I can get three, four pages in and yeah. I will be dead asleep. And then I'll have to go back and read those times, just three, four words. Um, I don't think it, you're alone there. I do not think you're alone there in the world. That happens to me quite often. <laughs> oh, does it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. good and then know. the book will like fall on my hat face and I'm like, oh, I'm glad that was a light one. <laughs> <laughs> it once took me eight months to read a book and I'm, I kid you not because I had to keep reading over and over yeah. again. But yeah, no. um, I do uh, watch a lot of documentaries, anything I can, anything I can on um, anything that's going to blow my mind as far as the universe goes or, you know. Okay. Um, Is that like documentaries so, on Netflix and stuff like that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, I'm in. I, I, I'm gonna have to get your list. I mean, I want. Okay, I want. I want to watch what you're watching. I just watching. sent a list to somebody. So you did. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I love yeah. that. Okay. Um, number nine. What would be your favorite travel destination? I mean, I know you did just really sell um, the island, Vancouver Island, to everyone. Is there anywhere else? Yeah. Well, I'm a big fan of. of um, I mean, just. Because it's, it's, I mean, from Vancouver Island, logistically, it's such an easy place to go visit. You know, you can get up in the morning, get on a plane, and you're there by lunch, you know. But um, I would say out of all the places I have traveled, the most interesting place I have been is Muscat, Oman. Where's that? And most of my travel has been done through the military. So you get a completely different experience because yeah. when you show up in a, Especially, you know, um, during times when you show up in a ma major 
military vessel and, and you're representing your country to people, it, it's a very different vibe. But we um, pulled into Muscat, Oman, and I believe we were the first uh, foreigner, foreign warship that was ever allowed um, for many, many years anyway, to come 100% untouched by Western culture. And it was a very interesting um, way of life to see. And just people so devoted to to their belief systems and so devoted to their ways of life and to each other and to family. And, and we were there during Ramadan as well. It's just like the length of their devotion, like the absolute scope right. of their devotion to everything. And and I think that was for me was probably the most interesting place I've traveled. I wouldn't say where it be where my is it travel destination, Oman. Mas- it's in the Arab Emirates in the Middle East. Okay, wild. Yeah, it's such a different culture. Please don't ask me to tell you where on the map. No, I won't. <laughs> I appreciate the Middle East. I got that. <laughs> Once you said Ramadan, I'm like, I think I get where it is. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> what a, what a to, journey. Again, to anyone from Oman, like beautiful country, beautiful people. Definitely. Oh, awesome. Um, okay. Number 10, the last of the rapid fire that are never rapid, but people get to know you, which is I, my favorite part. How long have you been part of the Soldier On program? Two years? About, yeah. in or about. I mean, um, I did not realize the scope of what Soldier On meant. It was something that had been I mean, mentioned it for somebody from Veterans Affairs actually told me about it, said, you know, there's this program and I know you're, you know, you're starting to find healing through physical activity and there's this program, you know, this, and you might be interested. And so I signed up and contacted them and they sent me a grant a year of my um, hot yoga membership. And that's how kind of I got introduced to them. I didn't realize there was all these, and I would get emails saying, hey, you know, if you're interested in doing this, sign up and. And yeah. um, one day I saw one for the paddling and that was kind of the first time really like the scope of what Soldier On does. Rad. I was, uh, I had Joe on um, who's acting manager right now of Soldier On and he was telling me all about the program because from my um views of soldier on i've just seen them you guys come out to whistler and learn to ski and stuff like that and i just think it is the coolest program so when i get to hear about it's not he was explaining how it's not just um sports uh it's it's evolved into like um they can you can go painting and and there's so many different um options your dog sounds good it's all good (laughs) (laughs) Um, anything to exercise exercise your mind and body yeah I just found it so amazing. So, so you, um, you did hot yoga as a, mm-hmm. a recovery. I also used hot yoga as a recovery and I haven't gotten back into it, yeah. <laughs> but, um, I the paddling, <laughs> how were you, how were you drawn to the paddling? Was it just the opportunity of going on a long paddle or was it just something you'd never done before? As soon as I saw 200 plus kilometers or whatever it was, that was it for me. Because, You're like, I like a good challenge. Um, I do. It's in fact, I crave it. I, you know, it's probably is, um, is challenge and a challenge yeah. in a way of something that it's not just a challenge of something that I've already, you know, somewhat conquered. Or, and I get bored of things too easy. I played professional pool. And as soon as I got to where I felt like it was kind of the top that I'm something else. I don't even think I've picked up a pool cue since in 20 okay. some odd years, but yeah. I uh, definitely, it was the fact that a, I've never done it before. 
Yeah. It's, it's a long challenge and it's something I'm going to learn something new and yeah, I'm all about it. Amazing. You know, for me, that was the draw to that one in particular was the distance and the absolute challenge of it. Okay. And then hiking, let's talk about that. I mean, the West Coast Trail is no small yeah. feat. I, my brother and I were like, yeah, yeah, we want to do it. And I, I think I might kill him if I have to do it with him because I don't like <laughs> hiking. And we're brother and sister. You know, we'll yeah. push each other's buttons, but I know we would get through it. What is that trail like and how many times have you done it? Well, um, this was my second year. So two years ago, um, I met my sister for the first time. And oh, um, the day I met her, unfortunately, she passed away. And it was um, it was not um, – she wasn't ill. or It was not expected. So it was a okay. very, very opening that I met my sister – um, turned out that she had the same name as not Rainbow, but her name was Rain, which is very odd. And didn't know she existed. And met her. And um, the day I met her, she passed away. And but we had this chance in this very short period of time to bond. I even think I've bonded with any other human in the way that I've bonded with her. And yeah. um, she had some some you know physical um, limits and disabilities and. She'd had strokes at the age of 13, so it had always kind of affected her physically, and I, I don't think that she could have done, and I don't know why. It was not something that she was interested in, but for some reason after she passed, something called me to start walking, and I just started walking, and I did um, the Wanda Fuca Trail with my brother and sister, and then... Um, How did it go with was, family? How did it go with yeah. your brother? <laughs> And that started it and I just kept walking and then I did all of like the Kludok trail and, and I kept finding these new trails and just walking on them. And I had really, I had done some mountain climbing and some backpacking before, but it just became an obsession. And every time I would, and this is literally how I was able to get over the death of my sister was through the Mm -hmm. West coast trail, because you know, you've got a week, it's quiet. You have a thought, you can start that thought and you can continue that thought all the way to the bit because you're alone with fear, with challenge, all this. You have nothing but time. And so it was, I realized that I got home from that really, I mean, in one week, I was very, very in a good place as far as that whole, I was like, hey, there's something here. There's something here. I got to keep walking because she's with me when I walk and I'm, I'm showing her the world right now. So to me, in a way, when I go to the trail, I go to visit my sister and I show her things that she couldn't have seen on her own. Amazing. I love that. Wait, I, but you said you started out with your brother. How did that go? Because I have not done that ever with my brother before. <laughs> it actually went really well. My brother is a powerhouse. He is a, he is a strong, strong man, physically, emotionally. And um, I think every t- anytime I've ever kind of gone through – really something like major in my life, I, I look for my brother and I, I've got lots of siblings, but there's something about my older brother, Matthew, that I just look for him. And so hiking with him and, and through that trail, I, there was a lot of times where uh, emotionally it was kind of like, not, I was not doing okay. And all I had to do was look over and see my brother and see him, you know, overcoming these obstacles and climbing these hills and doing that and that gave me a lot of inspiration and he I don't think we fought <laughs> I don't think we fought yeah. the whole, the whole time. <laughs> no time no time to fight yeah um how many brothers yeah. and sisters do you have well um uh that's a loaded question oh, I told you sorry? I was raised in a hippie family right 
You did. That's a you did, but then like, I have lots of Next brothers question. and sisters. I was like, how many does she have? <laughs> There's a lot. Okay. Um, well, you know, hippie days and uh, we, we used to say the, confu- the, the definition of confusion is... So um, there's a lot of us, and but some my my parents also took in a lot of children growing up and adopted or fostered children growing up. So we always had about I mean we had up to thirteen kids in the house. Oh my gosh, wild! That's kind of cool. Yeah, it was cool. That's amazing. It was was a good life. I've had a really I had a really good upbringing. Lots of uh, lots of uh, friends to play with all the time. Heck yeah. Um, all right. I do want to touch about um, you overcoming PTSD and how your friends and family got involved in, um, I guess, I mean, what I read from your bio is like, they were like, go get help. Is that how it worked? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It was a little bit of that and a little bit like, Lord woman, go get help. It was a bit of both. Like, go get help. <laughs> go get help. Um, right. <laughs> Yeah, it was uh, it was pretty clear that I was um, suffering, and uh, I mean, I had no idea what PTSD was. You know, you think PTSD, you think um, of those sol- you know soldier fights and and explosions, and that was not my personal experience. And and this is a message that I'm realizing that is my message to give about PTSD, and it's been coming more and more evident that not all PTSD comes from the same PTSD is the same and not all trauma is the same and it affects everybody differently. And, and just because if you throw an egg out of a first floor window or a 10th floor window, it doesn't matter if, if, if it's broken when it hits the ground, it doesn't matter what floor it came from. And that's kind of had to accept in myself was that I am not allowed to have this label of PTSD because I didn't do what they did or I didn't do what this person right. did. And, and you know, and then when I finally did get treatment and, you know, moving like later on in my treatment, I, I did go to a treatment center for first thing we all did when we walked in the doors, everybody apologized for, you know, I, I know I shouldn't be here. I don't have a right to be here because you this. And, and then I had people really? saying that to me, you know, I, wow, with what you went through, you know, I'm really, I shouldn't even be here. And I thought, well, that's strange. And that's where it st- I started just comes from so many different things. And yeah, once I kind of like accepted that and realized, okay, you know, there's something going on here. And I was really fast tracked then because you're an athlete, you understand this, anybody who has, you just need to know what the problem is. As soon as I know I can deal with it, I mean, I I can handle this, but I just need to know what the problem is. And when you are come from a military background and when you are trained and trained and trained to be hard and to not show those things and to eat, and to be a good follower and to be, you know, and to go through these things and people rely on you basically for their life. So you can't, you can't be there all, you know, flipsy flopsy. You got to be one way. And so it kind of encapsulates you into this hard shell. And, and it took something that I was diagnosed with even very quickly after I got out of the military, it took a long time. I, I melted, you know, and that's what I always say. I kind of just started to melt. And as I was melting, all this stuff was like falling out of me and, and I was confused. I didn't know what was going on. I didn't people around me poorly. I was, you know, it was just a really tough time in my life. And and I I don't think I was I could have ever admitted to myself that that's what was going on. So it did take external sources saying like, listen, you're not okay. You're not doing okay. Yeah. And it was yeah. like. And I remember the day. I remember the day actually when I reached out to Veterans Affairs and said, hey, I think there's some 
something wrong with me. And I thought they were going to laugh and turn me away because it had been a while since I'd been out of the military. But they said, come, come here. And I knew a lot of people have had, you know, veterans affairs. And they've been, my experience has been 100% positive. And I have taken advantage of every single thing they've offered or that is out there for me. I've done a lot of research on what it is that's out there. I've just sucked it all in. And I have to say, yeah. You've, you, you've, you, you say, you say you're like, it's possible. It's possible to overcome PTSD because you're living it proof. It's absolutely amazing. That's not a popular opinion, Mercedes. Not, not a lot of people believe that, you know, the popular opinion. And it's funny. I, um, of other veterans and said, you know, like, Hey, my name, cause we all had to introduce themselves. And, you know, some people were saying, my name is so-and-so and I have PTSD. My name is so-and-so. And, you know, this, and I said, my name is Rainbow, and I'm recovered from PTSD. And, you know, even in that situation, well, we, we don't ever recover. We know that we, you know, it'll something we always, you know, have. I said, no, it's it's true. Like, I had a doctor tell me that very early on in my diagnosis. Like, this is treatable. It is Amazing. treatable, and it is possible to overcome PTSD. It yeah. is. Yeah. I love that. I think the doctors uh, – so I had a crash in 2014 and suffered depression and couldn't do pretty much anything for two years um, just trying to fight to get back. And I'm so grateful that I'm up and sharing this because it's it's so true. As you t- talked about earlier, like people put this like, oh, I'm not as bad as them. or But once you start sharing your story and then they're like, thank you so much for sharing your story – um, you get this feedback and you're just like, oh, yeah, okay, what I did just share is actually really vulnerable and other people will learn from it and understand that they're not alone. So I do – I appreciate you sharing so much because it's possible and it's so cool to hear and, you know, yeah. I hope the I listeners – I've can- actually had people say, I think I – like, I didn't know it until you said it, but I think I've recovered from PTSD. I didn't know we were allowed to do that. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And, and there are doctors that will say it's no. Strange. It's hard to find the good doctors that are on your side and are prepared to be positive. Mm-hmm. It's such a challenge. Well, thank you so much. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, I do have a personal question. Yes. Are you – a potential candidate for the soldier on coming out to Whistler to ski? Um, I haven't, I haven't received the bulletin about it. If there's an okay. upcoming one coming, but February, I mean, absolutely. I'm February. I'm close. February. <laughs> well, if there's anyone from soldier on listening right now, there we go. I mean, I don't know. I don't know how it all works, but <laughs> well, you receive these bulletins like, Hey, this is coming up. If you're interested, put your name forward. And then they, okay. um, you know, they have to make it fair. They have to make sure that everybody gets, Everyone gets a chance. Everything. And as yeah. the membership grows and grows and grows, I, I'm seeing more and more activities coming at it. Yeah. Like I, I'm, and now I know better. I know better because I have seen things that have come through and I thought, I don't know if I'd enjoy that. It doesn't matter what it is. I mean, yeah. send me to pick up horse poop. I don't care if I'm with the soldier on program, I will go because they do it right. It was amazing. the fact that. that it wasn't just the fact that we paddled the Rideau Canal. It's the fact that I just spent, um, well, 13 days in total, including our training with military people that I forgot that I was a part of, you know, I didn't know that community was there for me anymore. Mm -hmm. I didn't realize I thought I I handed in my ID card, you know, took everything and I was no longer military. In fact, I walked out of the front gates and I looked back and I thought, man, if I want to go back on that base, somebody has to escort me on. I can, you know, I just served, served this place. 
So it was a very wow. isolating and for years it affected me. I cried a lot because I missed yeah. the military and missed my life and missed my friends. I missed all the, and I didn't know there was something like soldier on there where I can revisit that and I can be a part yeah. of that. And I can, yeah. you know, it's, that was probably the best part and feeling that military presence again and realizing this is where I'm, these are my people. This is my community. This is, this is yeah. my community right here, these people. And I always thought that it was me. Like I don't fit in anywhere anymore. And, and you probably feel the same thing when you get same to thing about level. sports. Like I don't yeah. fit in anymore. How do, how do you move on after that? Like how do you yeah. integrate into like, I'm not like these, you know, I'm just not like, and I realize it's not me. It's not that I didn't fit in. It's just that I didn't, know that there was I was just not in the right opportunity around yeah yes. yeah and when you're in yeah. your community you fit you just do and it's not about yeah. you anymore it's about okay I do I just have to find the right place you know for me it's and that was true it. Yeah, there I do see some similarities um, for our listeners and viewers that are watching um, when you retire when I retired from competitive snowboarding, I, I was similar, but not at all. I was on the road a lot. Like I was never home. I was home for Christmas. That was my one constant because I was lucky that I didn't have a competition at that time. And to just not have that and not have my teammates anymore, it, it, it is something else. And it is a lot of athletes do end up committing suicide because it is such a drastic change. So I can totally see how in the military, as you just explained it, here are my badge. I'm gone. That's it. So, oh my gosh, the soldier on community would, sounds it would be amazing. like you having an organization for professional athletes mm -hmm. where it didn't matter what sport you played. Um, you could all get together, trip together or something. You know what you, as soon as you got in that group of people, you understand there would be a whole different uh, Mercedes probably that none of us yeah. can see because it's, <laughs> that's your community. That's where you are. And when you do something so extreme, you, you become defined, you know, at one point in your life, you, you, people say, what do you do? And you say, I'm Mercedes and I am a professional athlete. Yeah. There's something in that. There's something, you know, that is, it's a very extreme thing. And people are curious. They want to know, they want to know mm -hmm. more about it. People an opener and people, you know, you say I'm in the military or, you know, anything really like extreme like that when you don't have that anymore and you've defined it literally, you can't be in the military and not have it define your personality and who you are. You can't yeah. be a professional athlete and not have it define who you are. When you have no definition anymore, um, it can really feel isolating and feel like oh, yeah. you don't have a place. Totally, totally. It's it's a it's a scary world out there. So I'm glad that you've found Soldier on and you're persevering and doing all these cool adventures. 2024, you're going to be on a massive hike. <laughs> Are you ready for it? Uh, not yet. No, I haven't even started preparing, which is not. <laughs> um, I'm kind of one of those last minute people, and for some reason, things always seem to work out for me. So I'm not too worried. But only I had planned 2023, and then I went and fell in love. And um, luckily, he's somebody that 100% supports my um, plan because it's a six month um, leave. You know, I'm going. I'll be gone for close. I mean, you really need to begin to start this because of the weather, the type of trail it is. But yeah. So 2023 isn't gonna. Well, I don't think it's gonna happen. You never know with me. Um, yeah. but now my goal is 2024. So I have to, uh, I'll still do something next year, but I'll just have to maybe, um, here for till 2024 for the Appalachian trail, but 
I'd like to do it solo. I would like to through hike it. So I would like to go and start and finish all in one go. Um, we'll see. Oh my <laughs> that's gosh. my, that's my, I, how can I follow I'm this? Are you going to be, are you going to be posting this anywhere or, or is this just like a for you thing? Or I'm just going to text you. I'm going to text you. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, that's been a big part for me because I find the more and more that I get out in the trails, the more and more I like being alone and in the quiet. Yeah. It's such a contrast being in a place like that with a cell phone and yeah. recording to me, it's, it takes away or, um, and not I mean, only even that, if but you my just, partner is. Yeah. Even if you just, and then write about it after that'd be cool. That's true. Yeah. Writing about it. That's a good idea, actually. Like my the old fashioned way, a, pen to paper. <laughs> yes. Well, my, my partner's a, um, he's a movie enthusiast and he enjoys making small films and he's really been even at this and to do a documentary, document, um, a documentary, a documentary on it. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, but that's, I, I, I don't quite know how the logistics for that would work. You know, if, if right. I told him, if you, you can figure out a way to do it, that I won't even know you're there with it. Yeah, because that's your moment. That's your moment. Yeah. That's your like happy space and almost like therapy. Like when I go Very jogging, private. I don't always bring my phone and I some of the, sometimes I do jog tours so that I get through the jog because I don't like it. But um, that's where I get like most of my thoughts and it's like a form of therapy. And so I completely understand maybe not wanting to have someone with you and also maybe just putting a pen to paper. So that we we can hear, I'll have you back on. When you go out for a, uh, you, you know what? In, recognized when you in, in in Canada, no people are too like nice and humble. Sometimes I'll hear like whispers from people. I'm like, I can hear you, <laughs> but no, <laughs> no. Cute. I hear whispers behind it's, my back too, but it's usually like that woman has mustard on her shirt. <laughs> <laughs> I probably have like something in my teeth, Teona. <laughs> Yeah. Awesome. Well, I wish you the best of luck and I am glad I have your phone number so they can text you and see where you're at in uh, the, the Please trail. Do. Please do. And then also I want to know what you're going to put in your backpack and how much you're going to carry because that always boggles my mind. I did like a whole series of that with um, with athletes being like, what is in your pack? Because especially if you're going on a hike, you can't be that much. I don't know. We're going to have to have another Actually, I've got it down to a science. I I bet you do. Is, oh, yeah. I'll share. We're, I'm, I'm going to have with anyone. I'm going to have to. You're not going to share that with anyone? No, I said I will. I'll share it oh, with you everyone. Will. Okay, because okay. Since I've learned um, about what I shouldn't for, you know, 100 kilometers, it's changed yeah. my life. And it's changed how much I love being out there, too. Amazing. I'm going to have to have you back on. That's it. Sold. Yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> well, Rainbow, and thank you. And I'm going to sign up. I'm yeah, going to sign up for that snow and to be one of the pros. Yeah, because I'm going to be here in February probably, so I get to see everyone. Excellent. I got I got That's challenged so to so come excited. out and see everyone, so that's exciting. You should probably on one episode or another explain to people what it is that they do because I did meet somebody that did, and he told me about the program and what happened and, or what they did, and it was absolutely amazing and so I thought wow if I ever see that come up I want to do that one for sure and so I think you should have an episode and have somebody from that instead for some of the veterans I met one in particular who went on the snowboarding one last year and it saved his life that's all oh my gosh I'm not going to talk about him but that's it 
life. Yeah. I love that. Oh, so amazing. Thank you so much for sharing your stories. Soldier On is such a great program. You're such a great human. Thank you, Rainbow, so much for dropping in with us today. Thank you so much. Get out there and sign up for Soldier On. It's out there. Do it. Thanks so much for dropping in today. You can find everything you want to know about dropping in with Mercedes at droppinginwithmercedes.com. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube. Thanks DJ Kenosis for the music and my mom for the intro voice. Hi, this is Candace Sampson, the voice behind What She Said. My show is your destination for stories that not only entertain, but also educate and empower. Every week, I spotlight strong female voices from across Canada, women who are changing the narrative and driving change. Don't miss out on these inspiring episodes. Subscribe on Apple, Spotify, and Amazon Music, or head over to whatshesaidtalk.com. What She Said can also be heard on blasttheradio.com, Mondays at 5 p.m. and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. That's blasttheradio.com. It's time to dive into the stories that truly matter. I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people. He, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all have. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from JeffWoodsRadio.com.